The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. With Him, there is no impossibility. Everything and anything is possible with Him. Just lift up your voice and adore him. Many of you are very cold, as if God cannot do anything. But if your God can do something, lift up your voice and adore him. Exalt him in the beauty of all holiness. The God who is worthy, the God who is worthy to be praised and worshipped and honored and exalted. You are more than able, O oh God. You are too faithful to fail. You are precious. You are glorious in majesty. To you belong glory and honor and adoration and thanksgiving. We thank you because you can do all things. We thank you because you walk in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure. We just exalt you, our Father. We just exalt you, our Father. Yes, thank you because you are more than able. More than able. More than able. More than able. Let's just worship a bit. bit. You are the God who was and is. And is. Jesus. In you I trust. My life is in your hands. Oh yes. You are just a miracle. Yes, 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 yes. You are, you are the God. You are Yahweh. You are Yahweh. We call you Yahweh. You are Yahweh. You are Yahweh. You are Yahweh. You are Yahweh. Let there be a voice. Yes, 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 yes. Lord, you reign. We are grateful, heart. We are grateful, heart. I lift my hands to you. Proclaim. We are grateful, heart. We are grateful, heart. We are grateful, heart.
enter the instruments with a grateful heart. I lift my voice to say, with a grateful heart, I let it rise as a sweet smelling savour. Proclaim me Lord. An instrument of worship to this great God. With a grateful heart. Uh, with a grateful heart. I lift my hands to you. And now sing. Proclaim me Lord. Such a great privilege that we've been called to serve, to worship this God. I don't know about you, but it's an extreme privilege that mere mortals like us should be called to worship this great God. Oh, just lift up your voice and adore him. Lift up your voice and honor him. The one who was the maker of heavens and the earth. The heavens are full of his glory. Oh, Hosanna in the highest. We magnify you, oh God. Thank you for such an awesome privilege. Oh, thank you for such an awesome opportunity to be worshippers of this great God. Oh, you've not chosen the mighty. You've not chosen the strong. But Lord, you picked me up. You've picked us up as a church. Lord, today we bring our thanks. We bring our gratitude. We bring our worship. Lord, we say thank you. 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 Father, take all the praise. Take all the glory. Take all the honor. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. If we had a thousand tongues, it would never be sufficient to give you thanks. But from the depths of hearts of men and women that are grateful, we say thank you, Lamb of God. We say thank you, ancient of days. We say thank you. Emmanuel, we say thank you. The Holy One of Israel, we say thank you. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Isaiah 41 and 10. The Lord says, and I think this word is for someone. It says, don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I will give you strength. I will help you. I will hold you steady and keep you firm. Grip on you. Father, we thank you. We're not going to panic. We're not going to be afraid. No matter what life throws, thank you. Because you are with us. Thank you for being our strength. Thank you for being our help. Thank you for holding us steady. Thank you for holding that marriage steady. 
Thank you for keeping us in firm grip of you. Thank you. Take all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Turn to at least three people, tell them fear not. And tell them God is keeping you steady. The Lord bless your fragrance of life. More grace, more glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Wow. Father, we thank you. It never ceases to amaze me that out of the billions of people in the world, God should choose me. God should choose you to be male worshippers of this great God. If he wanted, he's so powerful and so great that he could command stones to so do. The Bible says that not many mighty, not many wise in this world, not, not the nobles have been chosen, but he has sought me out. He sought you out. And friends, for this, even if God does not do anything again in my life, we should be eternally grateful. Even if he doesn't do anything again in your life, you should be eternally grateful. Lord, we don't take you for granted and we say thank you again. Let's not forget that we're waiting on the Lord. We're praying again this evening, 7 to 8, by the special grace of God. We're calling into the conference line. We're calling into the conference line and um, we're pushing. We're pushing in the place of prayer. So please, if you're not been connecting, please, I'd like to encourage you to so connect. Average of about 50 people plus every day has been connecting to the conference line but the rest of you that are not connecting i'd like to encourage you please tap into this opportunity there are certain things that can't happen except you push in the place of prayer so if you don't have the conference line please collect it from any of the ushers or just ask them to add you to the whatsapp group and then the conference line number you can easily get it this Friday, by the special grace of God, is going to be a major change in our lives as we meet here uh, by 7 p.m. in the evening. It's a turnaround night for every one of us in the name of Jesus. And by the special grace of God, we're going to be activating two major spiritual principles that provokes turnaround, a shift. The power of the anointing and the power of the communion. It's, it's a Friday that you can afford to miss. I'd like to encourage you, please, be a part of that meeting. And the Lord will bless you richly. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, once more we ask that God you speak to us from your word. You said you can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask. All that we think. Not, in, not according to our own power, but the power that is at work in us, which is your power working through us. Father, we're asking today that Lord, you speak to us again. And let your word transform us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Now, if you have your prayer request card, I'd like you to keep it to the end because we're going to be using it to pray. If you have not written out your prayer request, you can put them in your phone or in whatever pad you have because we're going to be using it to pray towards the end. One of the things that I found out is that everything, unless I forget, uh, please, from next Sunday, by the special grace of God, please, all parents, when you come in, drop your children, the teenagers. The teenagers are going to start their own church next Sunday. So they will do their own praise worship. They'll beat their own drum, they'll sing their own song, and they also preach their own message. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
as I see they are all smiling. Uh, they are all smiling. So um, they're not going to be a part of this service anymore. So uh, next Sunday, they will just go there. They will do their thing. And God, will, God has increased them and anointed them for greater works. In Jesus' mighty name. One of the things that I found out is that everyone, everyone, no matter where you are, who you are, requires a shift of some sort. You turn around. No matter where you are today, or no matter how much greatness you have achieved, there is always something higher. Always something higher. No, ma- no matter what level of academic grace that God has given to you or excellence, there's always something higher. In fact, if you think you have achieved something, sooner or later you meet people who have achieved much more. In other words, there's always something higher. There's always something higher. If you also think you have achieved nothing, thank God we serve a God that is called the turnaround specialist. He specializes in turning things around. And that is why this season, I am believing God that everyone this, this season, in throne of grace, watching online or here in person, God is going to turn your situation and your life around in the mighty name of Jesus. God can do the impossible, the scripture tells us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17, that he calls things back to life. He calls the things that are dead, he gives life to them and calls them back to life. In other words, if there are things that look as if they are dead in your situation, dead in your life, dead in your business, dead in your career, God can speak for life to it. So when we talk about supernatural shift, we're talking about shifts in careers, shifts in destinies, shifts in marriages, shifts in every aspect of life. And I am decreeing that in the name that's above every name, everyone under the sound of my voice, you are entering into a season of shifts in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe in, I like it to hear, I like to hear, believe in a man. You know, sometimes we think that affirming an amen is just an emotion, but it's beyond an emotion. You know, when God said to the children of Israel to shout, people would have thought that these were mere emotions, (laughs) but it's not an emotion. Sometimes the things you vocalize sets out things in the spiritual that brings about a major turnaround. And they just shouted, the walls came down. So when you say an amen, you are farming the reality of what God is saying concerning you. And so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. For those who have been following, we did say that a shift could be said to be a move, could be said to be a change. It could be be said to be a new direction, a new lifestyle change, new career change, new marital change that God aligns your life into. But when we look at it from the context of the supernatural, we're saying that this is the hand of God. The hand of God. He says to Zerubbabel, it says, not by power, not by mind, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by mind, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I hear somebody saying to himself, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make it in this land. My color is limited. There's a glass ceiling. I'm not even as qualified. I don't even have the educational backings, career backings, and all the necessary criteria to get to the top. But it's not going to be by power. It's not going to be by mind. But by the spirit of the sovereign Lord. The God that took Joseph out of nothing, out of nowhere, from prison to the top, is still the same God that is at work. And he will take you to the top. He will take you to the top. 
In the mighty name of Jesus. So when we talk about supernatural shift, we're talking about significant advancement. Speed beyond your effort. Grace beyond your abilities. Leadings beyond your help. That's what supernatural shift is. Oh, 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 friends. I believe God that everyone under the sound of my voice, as a corporate entity, as an individual, that is your reality from today in the mighty name of Jesus. And last Sunday, we started talking about the things that provoke supernatural shift. Last Sunday, we talked about three Fs. Who can remind me? Let's see those who write notes. <laughs> those who write notes. Faith, one F. Following instruction, the second F. Fervent prayers. That's why it is good to write notes. The brain is, has been said to me, even if you think you, you, you capture, before you know what's happening, it's gone. Why? Because of multitude of business. <laughs> so for, for today by the special grace of God I'm going to be dwelling on three more but instead of F's we're going to be dwelling more on three X's that provoked the supernatural and those, these three are rooted in the first three that we talked about last week they derive their strength, their roots, their connection. In other words, they could be said to be partners, intertwined. So the, the fourth thing that we can say that provokes the supernatural or supernatural shifts is what they call sacred fasting. Sacred fasting. You know, it's sacred. Because last Friday, for those who were here, they told us that there was there's some fast that are not that are just waste of time. It is sacred because it is holy. It's acceptable. There are unacceptable fast. The Bible says in Joy chapter one verse fourteen. It said, "Declare a holy fast." In other words. There can be an unholy fast. And every unholy fast is not acceptable. Which means that you, you can actually be fasting and then you realize that your fasting is not going anywhere. It's not achieving any result. He said, declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and do what? And cry out. Cry out. Cry out. Cry out. Fervent prayer without a sacred fast is an exercise in futility. Fervent prayer backed up with a sacred fast is a powerful spiritual principle that produces great results. It brings about a shift. It changes destinies. Changes lives. Makes a world of difference. For me as an individual, there's no major career move I have ever made that I don't embark on a sacred fast. Anytime I join a new organization, start a new business, I take out time to do what? To fast and to pray. Powerful spiritual results come out of it. You see, many of us don't understand the weapon or the power in fasting. Even the occultic world understands it. I read a story once of a man who wanted so much power. And then Satan asked him to fast for six months. So, he started fasting for six months. And of course, he gave him conditions. He said, look, for those six months, you must not sleep. So he was fasting. Then somewhere along the line, he mistakenly slept. 
And I said, Satan told him to start again. <laughs> it was after the 11th month he got to see Lucifer. You can read the book by Rebecca Brown. They said the captive free. And you understand some of these principles that the people in the occultic world use. That tells you how powerful it is. Powerful. Powerful. The Bible says that they that wait on the Lord shall do what they shall renew their strength. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. He said they will mount up with wings <laughs> like eagles. In other words, you want to mount up, you want to soar as an eagle, but it's the time to wait on the Lord fasting. He said that we run. The, the tendency is that if you are fasting and you want you run, you'll be tired, right? That's the tendency. Can you imagine somebody who is fasting and really, really fasting and then wants to stay here? Hey, I want to run. <laughs> he said they will not be weary. He said they will walk, but they will not faint. That, that's how powerful it is. He endures you with strength, he endures you with capacity, he endures you with ability. The Bible says that Jesus wanted a new level in his dimension, a new level of spiritual shift. And the scripture says in Matthew chapter 4 verse 2 that he went, he was moved by the spirit and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. What about Moses? Moses fasted. What about Daniel? Daniel fasted. If you check the apostles, they fasted. What about King David? The Bible says in Psalm 69 and verse 10, 69 and verse 10, the scripture says, when I wept and chastened my soul with fasting. He said, they began to reproach me. In other words, they started laughing at him. Friends, the instrument of waiting on the Lord by fasting is powerful. In other words, don't wait only for when there's a corporate fast. Put your own in the your own calendar. Create your own calendar. Every week, I want to wait on the Lord. Every end of the month, I want to pray for the next month. As I start a new job, I want to pray and fast. So that the heavens over you can be open. So that if there are blockages, as it were, those blockages will give way. So that if there are expectations you are expecting to receive from God and things seem to be closed, you keep pushing until what? The angels are sent to release your packages. May God release your packages this season. In the mighty name of Jesus. You see, when you fast, there are realities that happen. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 8, 8 to 11, it tells us about major realities when we wait on the Lord. It says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing will spring forth speedily. He said, and your righteousness shall go before you. He said, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. He said, then you will do what? He said, you will call and the Lord will answer. So you will cry and you will say, here I am. Brethren. May God give us wisdom. May God give us wisdom. So that this season, we will, not, we will not just trivialize it. But we can do what? We can engage in it. And young people, I'd like to encourage you. You may say, oh, but why should I fast? You know, what, part of the things that fasting does is that it helps you create discipline. It disciplines your body. It helps you to put your body under. If, for instance, you eat breakfast after lunch and dinner, just keep breakfast. Tell mom, I'm not eating breakfast today because I want to wait on the Lord. And let your attention and your focus be on God. It will give you unusual capacity, unusual strength, and unusual wisdom. My prayer is that as we wait on God this season, our lives will be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm not going to be talking much about sacrifice because last Friday it was dealt with. But the second dimension of what provokes supernatural shift that I like to spend some time on is what they call sacrifice. 
Sacrifice. And this is a principle that if you engage this principle, things which ordinarily appear difficult, appear challenging, shifts on the altar of sacrifice. Sacrifice. A sacrifice could just be meaning or could just mean giving up something that is precious, something of value. To either honor someone or in response to faith as it relates to God or in response to a request. That's what sacrifice is. You're giving up something precious. You're giving up something valuable. You're giving up something. And, and friends, if you look at scriptures, you realize that sacrifice is a major spiritual principle that, that changes or provokes God, stirs God to move. In Genesis chapter 8, the Bible tells us that, you know, God, before then, God was so angry with the earth and decided to wipe out everything. So he destroyed every, every animal, destroyed everything living, but he, he left Noah and his family. Then, of course, pairs of animals. Then, when the floods ceased and then the ark you know, landed, the scripture says that Noah took a sacrifice and sacrificed it to God. And the scripture says that God smelt it and God swore, I will never. What provoked God to that point? Sacrifice. The sacrifice of Noah was significant. Very significant. And, and, and if you look at texts of scriptures, you realize time and time again, when, whenever you see God making a definite, profound statement, it is because someone offered a sacrifice. God said to Abraham, go kill your son. That was a demand from God. Go sacrifice your son. And the Bible says that Abraham immediately took his son, no argument, took him to the mountain, lifted up, his knife, you know, wanting to kill the young boy. And then God said, hold it. The Bible says in Genesis 22 verse 17, it says, I will surely bless you. In, in that scripture, God also do what God made a pronounced, specific pronunciation about Abraham. He said, look, I will bless you and your generations. Why? Sacrifice. Sacrifice sacrifice. And if you look at our lives today, from time to time, God always will make a demand of you to say to you or to say to me, will you sacrifice this for me? Just like he asked Abraham, can you sacrifice your son? God will ask you, can you sacrifice something for me? Maybe God, from time to time, has said to someone, can you give me your heart? Can you give me your life? Can you give me your time? Can you give me your resources? Can you talk to somebody about me? What sacrifices have you made to provoke God? Sacrifices are key, friends. The key. The key. The key. You see, as, as we journey through life and journey through the experiences of life, there are certain times you've got to make a sacrifice to change the fortunes of your life. There are certain times. One of the times you have to make a sacrifice is when things are tough, when things are difficult, when there's a lot of struggle, when there's stagnation around your life, when everything you seem to do, nothing seems to be able to help you break through. That is a time that is calling for a sacrifice. It's a very interesting, very important scriptures to me because I think for me it's become more of a revelation because time and time again I have used these scriptures to walk in my life. So many years ago, there was a lot of struggle in many aspects of my life. Many aspects of my life. And everything that I did, all the labors, all the efforts, all the struggles, didn't seem to amount to much. Until one day studying, I saw this scripture. 
and the interpretation for me, Psalms 50 and verse 14 and 15. It says, sacrifice, thanks offering to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. And call, on the, call on me in the day of trouble. He said, and I will deliver you. We honor you. The first time that I got the revelation from this scripture, I said to God, Lord, what does this mean? And he said, bring a sacrifice to me. So, the only thing I could think of at that point in time was a seed, financial sacrifice. So I brought some money that I've never given before. And I said, Lord, what next? And he said, can you think about any vow you have ever made in your life? And I started thinking, Lord, are there vows that I've made? Are there things that I've said knowingly or unknowingly that I can't remember? I remembered some. And I said, Lord, I'm going to keep this. The ones I could not remember, Lord, I said, please, if there are the ones that I've made and I can't remember, please forgive me. So I took my sacrifice to God in church. And after that, I cried unto God. And friends, the, the remarkable change in my life has made this scripture not only a moving scripture for me, but something that I practice on a yearly basis, on a regular basis, anytime I want to shift in any aspect of my life. When things are tough, that is the time to do what? To bring a sacrifice. When things are tough, that is when to provoke God with your sacrifice. When things are tough, that is when it is you can come to God and say, Lord, I bring this as a sacrifice and I'm going to call upon you. Friends, whether you understand it or not, I've also found in scriptures that this tool is used even by people in the other side of the world. That is because there's power in sacrifice. No, there was a king in scriptures. Very interesting story. Very interesting story. And what for me he reinforces is that if the people in the world, the wicked people in the world can use sacrifice to have a breakthrough, why wouldn't we, people, sons and daughters of the kingdom, who should understand and know best, wouldn't do what? Wouldn't use the same principles to have a breakthrough in our lives. The Bible says that there was a king called Mo King of Moab. They, they were fighting, the children of Israel were fighting against them. And the scripture says in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse from, you know, from verse 20 downwards, that the battle was fierce. They were killing the, the children of Moab like no man's business. They were killing them. And in verse 26 of, of the book of 2 Kings chapter 3, the Bible says that when the king of Moab saw that the battle was gone against them, everything was lost. The battle was gone against them. The scripture says it took 700 men to break through to the, to, to the king of Edom, you know, which, which was at that point seemed to be the weakest link in the battle because the king of Edom and the king of Israel was together in the fight. But the Bible said that they failed. They wanted to break through, but they failed. Why would I thought that that would be the end of their life? Somebody here in the sound of you've been wanting to break through and you keep failing. And everything about life seems to be at odds. You can't seem to win this battle. Look at what they did in the next verse, verse of scripture. Verse 27. It says, Then he took his firstborn son. That was a deadly sacrifice. Please, I'm not saying anybody should go and take their firstborn son. Because this is a different, but you see, it is a principle there that we should be learning. He said, who, who, who would have reigned in his place and offered him as a burnt offering? Some scripture says, and offered him as a sacrifice upon the wall. And there was great indignation against Israel. And then suddenly Israel that was fighting departed. <laughs> I think it's a different translation of scriptures. It says that Israel returned. They, they left the battle and returned to their own country. What, what provoked them to return? Sacrifice. I'm sure when they did this in the realm of the spirit, there was something in the heavens 
I said to this guy, please, these guys have done something that you can't afford to go ahead. Just go back home. You want a breakthrough in your life? You want a sudden change? You want to provoke God? Friends, look for a sacrifice. Cry unto God. Something that is costly. Something that is painful. And place it on the altar. And, and as you place it on the altar, the heavens over your life will open. It will open. So when things are tough, that is when to bring a sacrifice. Not only when things are tough, when God instructs you to so do. Sometimes God will tell you, give, and you, give you an instruction. Bring me a sacrifice. Now, like it said to Abraham, bring me a sacrifice. Sometimes God can speak directly. And some other times God can speak through his servants. Remember the story of the widow of Zarephath in scriptures. Who the servant of God just said, okay, go make me a meal. That was the last meal. That was a sacrifice. That was a sacrifice. That was a sacrifice. So God can say to you to bring a sacrifice. But I think the third dimension of, of how, how sacrifice works that is powerful is that it's not only when you're in a tough situation, not only when God demands it, but when you make up your mind to bring a sacrifice to God because you love God. Out of love and delight for God. And, and this, this, this one is, is something that is so remarkable because in that one, God goes out of his way to do remarkable things in your life. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 3, say, and Solomon loved the Lord. And if you go to verse 4, that was the foundation. The Bible says that Solomon loved the Lord. You know, and so in verse 4, he, he, he moved on and said, now Solomon went to Gibeon. Out of love for God. And he did what? He sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings. God said, wow, nobody has done this kind of thing for me before. 1,000? Get killing them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, hundred, nine hundred, one thousand. God said, for this thing you have done, wait for me, I'm coming in the night. Verse 5, the scripture says, and the Lord appeared to him that same day in the night. Say, ask me anything you want. You see, when you surprise God, God will surprise you. That's what sacrifice does, out of love. When you do something out of love for God. God steps forward to do what? To do something unimaginable for you. You see, when you, when, you, when you bring an unusual act of love to God and a random act of kindness that blows the mind of God, God gives you something that is exceedingly abundantly above all you can think or imagine. So you want a, a major shift in your life? Do something major for God. David woke up one day out of love for God. He said, I'm living in a house. Every other person is living in a house. But there's no place where God and his house is living. So I'm going to build God a house. Nobody has ever done that before. Nobody has ever thought of that before. Before now, the ark of God has been living in tabernacles or tents. And God said, Really? You're doing this because you love me? You're doing this because you love me? And the Bible says that God, God said, because of what you have done, I'm going to also do something that you cannot imagine. That is why today everything is named after David. <laughs> the city of David. Throne of David. Son of David. House of David. Everything David. <laughs> Show message of David. Abraham was there now, but how come everything is David, David, David? <laughs> that, that is because, you see, when, when, when God tells you to do something, most of the time, many of us do it because God has said, I don't want to disobey God. But when you do something that is remarkable out of love, it provokes God in a different way. So ask yourself, what are the things that I can do for God out of love? As I trust him, what are the things I can do? 
Can you challenge yourself, friends, and say, oh, that there must be something that I can do for God out of love. I thought the Father, he has loved me with an everlasting love. Oh, I want to love him back. I want to show him that I love him. I want to show him all the days of my life. One of the things that I've said to God is that, Lord, with every breath and everything that I have, I, I, I want to serve you forever. I want to serve you forever. Friends, so I'll wrap up on this. I'd like you to go back home and just take a study. There are at least four major kinds of sacrifices that will provoke God and please God. Four major types of sacrifices. One of them, I'm just going to browse through them. One of them is, is the sacrifice of your lips, your praise, your worship. Sacrifice of your lips. The second is the sacrifice of your life. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. The sacrifice of your life. The Bible says, my son, give me your heart. I think the greatest consecration anyone can give to God is their heart. Lord, I, want to, I give you my heart. I give it my heart. My heart to love and to serve you. My heart to do your will and to follow your counsel. The start is a sacrifice of your love. Sacrifice of your love, Hebrews chapter 13. The first one is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. The sacrifice of your love, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. And of course, the fourth one is the sacrifice of your generosity. The sacrifice of your generosity. And I like, I like you to engage them. Engage them as a principle. Engage them as something you do regularly. Engage them as something you want, you, you desire to make a change out of your life. And he says, as you engage them, God will visit you. The last thing I like to talk about that provokes spiritual shifts, and then thereafter we'll spend some time to pray, is tied to faith. It's called spoken words. Spoken words. Every spiritual shift or turn around is rooted in the word of God. It's rooted in words. Rooted in the world. Rooted in the world. You know, spoken words can be looked at from two dimensions. One of them could be, could be, could be said to be a word that God sends to you. So in other words, you hear, thus says the Lord. Or God ministers the word to your heart. That's a dimension of spoken words. But you see, the, the other dimension is, 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 is the one that you say, oh, I believe the word. And that, therefore you do what I speak. You speak it. So you can either hear the word and believe it and speak it or God speaks to you clearly and directly gives you a word. You see, when we're talking about following instructions, for you to be able to follow instructions effectively, you have to be able to hear the word of God. Word of God. The word of God. Most times God speaks through his word. He speaks through scriptures. He speaks through his servants. The Bible says in Samuel, I mean, Samuel said to Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 27. 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 27. He said, but stand here a while. He said, and I would announce to you what God is saying. He said, the foundation of the word of God is what brings about a supernatural change. In other words, you want to make an experience or a counter, a shift have a hearing ear to hear what God is saying. A word from God. A word. A word changes your life. A word changes your season. A word changes everything about you. Yes. Abraham had a word. And that changed his life. Peter had a word. Say, cast your net. And then Peter did. And then that was a change that happened. Too many people in our generation are looking for magic, not words. 
God is not a magician. What you should be asking for, Lord, give me a word. Give me a word. Give me a word. Give me a word. So what you find today is that you find people who move from one church to the other, move from one program to the other, because they feel, ah, there's magic here. There's power here. There's, there's nothing wrong about power building and the service. But what are you looking for? Is there a word? Friends, let's not be deceived. You know that even, even angels, even the devil transforms to the angel of light. If you want magic, oh, there will be magic. Uh -uh. Moses threw down the rod and then he became a servant, which was from God. And then Pharaoh and his crew, you know, those magicians, they also threw down the rod and he became what? He became serpent. But you see, what cannot be changed or replaced is the word of God. The devil can mimic it. The devil can mimic any other thing. The Bible says he sent his word and his word healed and delivered them. Therefore, if you want to have a major realignment in your life, hold on to the word of God. It says in John chapter 6 verse 63, it, says, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, say they are spirit and they are life. Their spirit and their life. My prayer is that God will open your ears to hear the word of God. Job 33, 16. The Bible says, then he opened the ears of men. He opens the ears of men and seals the instruction. In other words, seals instruction into their hearts. He opens the ears of men. One of my greatest prayer always is, Lord, please give me hearing ears to hear your word. Hearing ears to hear your word. Look, if you if you will just hear God say something to you, it's source of frustrations. Source of frustrations. You know, two days ago or thereabouts, trivial as trivial as it is, I lost my my ear plug, and I kept searching everywhere in the house. I said to my wife, "Where, where did, did you see my ear plug?" Sir, so it was by the fridge. I checked the fridge. It was nowhere. He said, I saw it somewhere. I said, ah, but where is it? So, because she's a student, you know, and I'm walking and going to school, most times if I want to play something in the house, I have to put in my own earplug so that that way my, what I'm playing will not disturb her. So for a moment, I, I, was, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't listen to some of the messages I wanted to listen to and all of that stuff. So I, I just lay down and I slept. I woke up the following day, which was yesterday. And I started looking for this earplug. And I said, oh, let me just stop this frustration. Holy Spirit, please, I beg you. You know where this thing is. Don't let me be frustrated looking for earplug. Please. I've not even finished praying that for too long. And I started walking and doing other things. And I had something said to me, go to the chair downstairs. Remove the underlayer of the chair and the thing will be there. So I went downstairs, removed the cushion of the chair. And right inside, there was no way in my wildest imagination I would realize that this thing was there. Right there, the thing was there. Frustration ended. Many of us are frustrated day by day by little things. And see what the devil wants is to send all little things to frustrate our lives. Marriages are frustrated by little things. Life is frustrated by little things. All you can only do is let there be something that says to you, turn to the left, turn to the right, because you'll hear a voice. The Bible says you'll hear a voice saying to you, turn to the left and turn to the right. May you hear instructions from heaven in the name of Jesus. Oh, he still leads, he still speaks, friends, he still speaks. Let's cultivate a hearing ear. Let's desire it. One of my greatest desires out of life is, Lord, please let me hear you. Let me hear you. Let me hear you. Oh, friends, for me, I think that's one of the greatest blessings, one of the greatest grace that God has given me. Because every major turn in my life has been because... I just had something. I just had something.
I just had something. I just had something. And you can hear. You can hear. You can hear. May God open your ears to hear. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everything blocking hearing. May you be lifted this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want to announce to somebody. God will help you. In this land, God will help you. In this land, God will help you. In this land, God will enlarge you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I, 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 I feel this scripture for someone. I feel this scripture for someone. It says in Genesis 26 and verse 22 and 3. It says, don't go down to Egypt. Don't go down to Egypt. When I was praying over the, over the night, the scriptures came to me. said, don't go down to Egypt. Stay in this land. Stay in this land, which I tell you. Stay in the land for a while. He says, and I will be with you and I will bless you. Amen. Father, we thank you. Somebody hearing the sound of my voice. It is not your effort that will give you bread and butter. It's not. It's not. But the scripture says you will eat in plenty and be satisfied. And bless the name of the Lord your God who have dealt wondrously for you in the name of Jesus. In other words, you will eat in plenty. There will be abundance of provision in the mighty name of Jesus. Joy chapter 2 verse 26. And that brings me to the concluding part of the spoken words. Now the concluding part of spoken words is that you, you grab a scripture that is lined up in the Bible and you say, Lord, this is for me. Lord, this is for me. Lord, this is my portion. Lord, this is my reality. Lord, this is mine. As your word, I've said it. This is mine. I declare it. This is mine. In other words, you believe it. And you do what? You claim and enforce it. You claim and enforce it. You believe it and you declare it over your life. You, you believe it and you begin to pronounce it day by day. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Say, they that love it shall do what shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, if you believe that the Lord is your shepherd, when things are beginning to tell you that, look, there's no job, you're going to say, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Israel, you will not want. Israel, you won't want. Even before you have a need, the provision will come. Because you're God. You believe it and you declare it. You believe it and you stand on it. You believe it and you do what? You enforce it by the saying of it. By the saying of it. The Bible says so mightily grew the word and prevailed. Until you keep saying and saying and saying and saying. The reality may not become enforced in your life. But the more you say it, the more it becomes enforced. Don't you see that people in the outside world are using the same principle? How can people be telling lies? Lies upon lies upon lies and upon lies. And some people be believing wholeheartedly. If you doubt it, ask Trump and his friends. Election is stolen. Election is stolen. And some people believe it like crazy. Why? Because there's a principle that says that if you keep repeating something, before you know what's happening, it becomes a reality in the mind. So the more of the word of God you say, that is why those of you who are parents or spouses should mind the kind of words you say to your children or to your spouse. Foolish. Crazy. No good. You look at you. All your mates are just passing. Then before you know what's happening, the child catches up that. I'm, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. Or the so wife or the husband begins to think, oh, I'm just useless. I'm useless. Why? Reinforce the reality with the right words. That's why everyone under the sound of my voice, no matter whether the devil likes it or not, you will go far. Amen. You fulfill purpose. You accomplish everything that God has desired for you to accomplish in the name of Jesus. Whether Canada likes it or not, you will excel in the mighty name of Jesus. No, 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 no. Eyes have not seen what God is about to do in your life this season in the name of Jesus.
Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.